Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. I want to first ask a question because I hear this all the time, and people get this question asked all the time. Is like, should Christians tithe? You know? And, and to me, that's the wrong question. It really is, because it's not really about should Christians tithe. It's, it's really about the foundation of all giving to God, whether it's tithes or offerings or anything else, is an understanding of Christian stewardship. You know, it really is an understanding of Christian stewardship. So stewardship can be defined this way. Stewardship is the practice of systematic and proportionate giving of time, abilities, and material possessions based on the conviction that these are a trust from God to be used in his service for the benefit of his kingdom. It is a divine human partnership with God as the senior partner. It is a way of living, the recognition of God's ownership of one's person, powers, one's possessions, and the faithful use of these for the advancement of Christ's kingdom in this world. So to me, when you begin to define things as Christian Christian stewardship, so it goes beyond, well, do I have to do this? No, you don't have to do anything. God's not going to make you do anything, but it comes out of a willing heart. It comes out of a desire, and it comes out of an understanding. So we really need revelation. You know, everything has to be done out of revelation, and that's really what it is. You know, we're not, we're not to do things out of um, compulsion. Uh, we're not to do things out of necessity, but we have to do things out of revelation. And when you have a revelation in this area, then everything kind of lines itself up. So... We have to understand first and foremost that there is an owner-stewardship relationship between the Lord and the believer. We know that the Lord is the owner of all things, right? We own nothing. Naked we came into this world. Naked we shall live. From dust we came. To to dust we shall return. God is the creator. He owns everything. He's the creator of heaven and earth. And by right of creation, all things in heaven and earth belong to him. He owns it all and we own nothing. Ownership is the right of control, right? Because he owns it, he has control over all of it. And what he has done is willingly see, out of the willingness of his heart, out of the goodness of his heart, he has, even though he owns everything, has full control over it, he has relinquished control and he has delegated authority to us. He has delegated to us use of all the things that he has created and he has put them in our stewardship. You understand that? So we are ultimately, we're nothing more than stewards. And how we steward things is going to be the difference in all of this. It says in Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2, if you have your Bibles, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and the world that they dwell therein. And we also are told in Scripture, Psalm 50, you can see this, and then you can see this in Psalm 68, verse 19 as well, in Psalm 89. Haggai 2 and 8, just a number of references, but the scripture tells us that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. He's created all things, right? And of course, without his blessing, everything would perish quickly. The Bible also tells us not only did he create everything with the word of his mouth, but he upholds and sustains everything by the word of his mouth. So the moment, if God would, if, if God would just stop Speaking life and blessing, everything would just die. Everything would just disappear. 
So not only did he speak life and did he release life into creation, but he continues to speak life. He continues to release the blessings so that things will continue to grow. Things will continue to be there because the moment he says, it's done, it's done. But he doesn't. He continues to bless us so things do not perish. Bible even tells us that he makes his reign to reign upon the just and the unjust, right? So that is the hand of God upon creation to bless. So it's absolutely important and foundational that we as believers understand the truth of Scripture that God is the owner of all things. He is the giver. He is the possessor. He is the rewarder, the sole owner of the heavens, the earth, and all therein. He owns the entire universe and not us. And this is something that we see in such a powerful way if we were to look at Abraham and Melchizedek. So go with me to Genesis chapter 14. And this is the very, very first time that we see the word tithe in the Bible. And the word tithe, of course, means one-tenth. So that means one-tenth. If you go to Genesis chapter 14, let's go to verse 18. Then Melchizedek, that's a combination of two words, Malki and Zedek. Malki means king. Zedek is righteousness. So this is the king of righteousness. All right. And then he's also referred to as the king of Salem or Shalom, which is the king of peace or the prince of peace. So he is the king of righteousness. He's the prince of peace. We know that these are basically titles given to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are told also that Jesus is a priest, not, order, not, under, not after the order of Aaron, but are under, after the order of Melchizedek. But then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, which is also, we see that it's a type of communion, which we're about to partake of today. He was the priest of the Most High. And of course, when we read about Melchizedek in the book of Hebrews, it tells us that he had no genealogy. He had no beginning. So he just kind of showed up. So this is really kind of a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ appearing in a sense, as a mediator of the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, which is an everlasting covenant. So we have to understand right now, we are not looking at the Mosaic covenant. We're not looking at the old covenant, which was done away with. We are looking at a covenant that is still in effect. It's called the Abrahamic covenant, a covenant of blessing, because that same Abrahamic covenant continues under the new covenant. Because we are told in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the nations, the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people. That means the whole world comes, now is included in the Abrahamic covenant, because that is an everlasting covenant. When El Shaddai appeared to him and said, you know, blessed be Abram, and then and he says, I'm establishing a covenant with you, and it'll be an everlasting covenant of blessing. So this is the covenant of blessing, the Abrahamic covenant. And of course, every covenant needs a mediator. Every covenant needs a transaction. Do you understand me? Because it is a contractual agreement. So here comes Melchizedek representing the priestly 
nature of Jesus Christ, the word of God. He comes, appears to him, and he blessed him. Melchizedek, king of righteousness, the king of peace, blessed him and said, blessed be Abram of God most high, possessor of heaven and earth. So here we see that possessor of heaven and earth, the owner. The Lord is the owner of heaven and earth. He owns everything. But he chooses to come into a contractual agreement, into a covenant with man. And Abram here representing mankind as one man, just like Adam represented mankind. In Adam all die, right? Christ came, took on human flesh to represent all mankind. In Christ all live, right? So here is this man, Abram. God comes to him, right? Melchizedek as a priest in the priestly ministry, which is a mediator of a covenant. So there's a contractual agreement here. There's a transaction taking place, right? And who initiates it? God initiates it. Why? Because he's the owner of all things. He has the authority. No one else has the authority to give anything. He is the giver of life. He's the creator of all things. So he has full authority, ownership, and control of everything. But he chooses to come, and he has found this man named Abram who has been faithful because he left everything to follow God on this faith journey, right? He is obedient, right? And because of his obedience, he's going to be blessed, right? Because of faith, God has called him a righteous man. Abram is made righteous by faith. What was faith? God gave him a promise. God gave him directions, and he followed them. That's it. That's simple, simple as that. So he comes, blessed be Abram of God most high. He is the most high God. There's no, none higher than him, right? All authority in heaven and earth belongs to him. He is the possessor of heaven and earth. All the realms belong to him. They are under his authority. He comes, and then, and then he says, and blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. So he is the one who has given you the victory. He is the one that, who has given you this victory. Because if you look prior to this transaction that the enemy had come and stolen everything. And Abram went after them. And then of course he got all of his possessions back sevenfold. Right? So the Lord gave him the victory. And here you must recognize that it is the Lord. Basically it is he who gave you the power. To get back sevenfold what the enemy had stolen. If he hadn't helped you, you would not have been able to do it. So it's the Lord that is giving you the victory. It's the Lord that has blessed you. It is the Lord that has turned things around in your favor, right? Amen? And then look at what happens. And he, Abram, gave him a tithe of all. So... Nobody told him to do this. We don't, we don't even see this word in the scripture until this is the very first time we see this word tithe. We don't see it before. This is the first time we see this word one-tenth. So Abram gave one-tenth of everything that he had gotten back. All that had come in as an income, he gives one-tenth. So we can see it's, it was God, the possessor of heaven and earth, the owner who initiated everything who initiated this transaction, this covenant, who initiated the blessing. But he's also reminding Abram who is in charge and who gave him the victory. And then, of course, Abram, out of respect and honor, to honor the blessing, to honor that the ownership belongs to the Lord, gives back one-tenth 
to the Lord as an act of honor, as an act of faith. So basically, should Christians tithe? It's really, again, I said, like I said, it's the wrong question. It comes down to an understanding of having a revelation of the Abrahamic covenant. That Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Right? The curse. That's, the curse means things are stolen. The enemy comes to kill, steal, destroy. That's the curse. But Jesus says, I have come that you might have life, have it more abundantly. So it, is, it comes down to having a revelation of some basic foundational truths of how God interacts with us. He is the owner of all things. He's the possessor of heaven and earth. He has all authority. And whatever authority he gives us is delegated authority. And the reason Adam and Eve fell out of the favor and the blessing of God is because they forgot that it was delegated authority. The enemy came and tricked them thinking that they didn't have enough authority. You will be like God. In other words, he's keeping something from you. He hasn't given you enough authority. No, he had given them all authority. Behold, I give you everything that I have placed on the earth. I bless you. So they had full stewardship of the planet. But somehow the enemy tricked them to think something was missing. And the moment they felt like, the moment they believed the lie that God was holding something back from them, they fell out of favor, they fell out of the blessing, and they basically had to be thrown out of the garden, right? Do you understand that? But so now we have this example of Abram coming. Melchizedek blessed Abram, right, by the authority of Most High God as a representative as a go-in-between, as a mediator of a covenant, the possessor of heaven and earth, and then the transaction was the bread and the wine. The same two elements that we have at the Lord's table, the bread and the fruit of the vine, right? The bread and the cup. So, So you can see the moment they broke bread together, that is a that is symbolic of fellowship. That Abram came into fellowship with Almighty God, and Almighty God is now choosing out of the goodness of his heart to bless him and to share with him and give him stewardship and to increase him and to multiply him right he said i will increase you i will bless you and i will increase you and i will multiply you i will multiply your seed as the sand of the seashore which is the natural seed israel and then i will multiply your seed as the stars in the heavens which is the church the New Testament church all over the world. So the two, there's the natural and the spiritual offspring or the seed of Abraham. So we are now a part of that covenant because that covenant was expanded beyond just the physical offspring of Abram to become now the spiritual offspring of Abram through Jesus Christ. Christ in us, the seed in us, right? You have been born again of incorruptible seed, which is the word of God, which is Jesus the Christ. So the Christ in us, the seed in us, and it's the hope of our glory, the hope of our blessing, hope of coming into the fullness of the covenant that we have with Almighty God, who shares with us all good things. As the Bible says, he's given us all things pertaining unto godliness. My God. Isn't that what it says also in, in Romans chapter 8? If he, did, if he freely gave us his only begotten son, will he not through him freely give us all things? Yes. All things. Amen. So there's nothing missing. Don't let the devil lie to you like something is missing. There's nothing missing. You have everything you need. 
God has provided everything that you need. He's provided you his precious promises. He's given us the word. He's given us the blood of Jesus. Amen. He's given us the new covenant. He's given us the Holy Ghost and fire. He's given us the gifts of the Spirit. He's given us the angelic host that encamp about us, ministering spirits. He's given us, come on, He's given us His own life. And He's also given us the ability to be co-heirs with Christ, share in the eternal inheritance in heaven. My God, Jesus said, I go to my Father. I go to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. In my Father's house are many shacks. No, mansions mansions where we're going to walk on streets of gold and when the time comes the father will send me i will come and i will receive you unto myself and where i am you will be also what a generous god we serve when you understand how awesome he is how good he is how generous he is you have no problem giving i have no problem giving because you know what what i give is not never enough compared to what he's given me and i give because i love him and i appreciate him i give because i honor him i give because i don't have my eyes on natural temporary things i've got my eyes on eternal permanent things Hallelujah. I'm not missing out on the promise of the eternal, eternal riches for some earthly riches that will fade away. Not chasing after a car or a house that will perish. I'm running a heavenly race, not the rat race. I'm running the heavenly race. Hallelujah. I'm chasing after God. I'm not just seeking things. I'm seeking the one who gives the things. I'm seeking the one who's going to give me my eternal rewards in heaven. Because um, there is a crown of righteousness waiting for me on the other side. There's the crown of the overcomer. There's the crown, my God, of, of, of life and the crown of glory. The crown of the soul winner. My God, it is waiting for me on the other side. You think I'm going to miss out on those crowns? For some earthly things that people chase after so that's why should christians tithe it's the wrong question is it thank you oh, you said it i didn't he said it's a stupid question it's the wrong question because that's like uh, should i give 10 percent oh you're missing the whole point take your eyes off of that little thing there look upon the eternal riches and the glory that awaits you there's nothing Nothing on this side compares to what you're going to receive on the other side. Nothing, 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 nothing will compare. Nothing will compare to what God has in store for those who love him, who called according to his purpose. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has in store for us. But these things shall be revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So you need revelation. Once you have revelation, it's like not even a problem. Once you understand, once you go and place yourself in Abraham's place right there, and Melchizedek is coming to you. Because if Jesus Christ is our high priest after the order of Melchizedek, who still receives tithes in heaven, as it says in the book of Hebrews, which is New Testament. So you place yourself in Abram's position. Melchizedek is coming to you. Coming to Terry. Come on, somebody. Coming to Karen. Come on, coming to Mary Ann. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Coming to 17-year-old Caden and saying, Caden, I bless you. By the authority of the possessor of heaven and earth, I bless you. When you place yourself, it's like, oh, my God, I'm blessed. Uh, Lord, can I just give you at least 10%? 
Because he could have asked for 100%, but he didn't. And it's simply a response of our stewardship that we are stewards. We're not owners. That's why we don't preach ownership here. We preach stewardship. Stewardship. That's the key to understand. And what is the one thing you look for in a steward, a good steward, to be what? Trustworthy. Trustworthy and faithful. Now, I'll give you a few things that we are stewarding. And then we'll, we'll receive our offering. There are going to be five areas in our lives where we are basically stewards of. Number one, we are stewards of our own life, right? Our bodies, our life, the direction of our lives, the decisions we make, what we do with our life. We are stewards of our life, what we have received as a gift from the Lord, that eternal life that has been given to us. We are to steward that eternal life. And we will give an account for that, and we will be rewarded for that. Secondly is our time. The years that have been allotted to us by the Lord, our days are numbered. Our days are numbered. Whatever time is he, God has given us, and that's why the Bible really admonishes us, challenges us, warns us to redeem the time. For the days are evil. That not to waste time, but to take advantage of every opportunity to do what's right. Not to miss out on things that God has placed. Not to waste time, but to invest time. So our time, we're going to give an account for the time that we have as stewards. Thirdly, our talents. What gifts and skills, both natural and spiritual, that has been given to us to use for the Lord. Amen. Fourth is our possessions. What material, earthly possessions that we have been entrusted to by the Lord himself. And we know that, of course, that that can increase because basically Abram started out with nothing. Leave everything. Leave your father's house. Basically, leave your inheritance and go to a strange land where nobody knows you. And there I will be with you and I will bless you. So do you really trust me? So so there was a choice. He, He could either have chosen his earthly inheritance through his earthly father or he could have said, you know what? I believe there's something greater for me. Because he was looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. He said, I, there's something much bigger and much greater for me that the Lord, because the, the Lord can bless me above and beyond. In, not even comparable to anything that my earthly father can do for me. So he had to leave. He had to leave and then he had to go on this journey trusting that the Lord had something for him, which of course was big. And we know that the Lord blessed Abram and he, he made him possessor of herds and flocks and he had many, many stewards working for him, and, he, and the Lord enlarged him, gave him territory, even took him to high places. Look out as far as you can see all these lands that you see, I will give them to you. I mean, so the Lord blessed him, increased him. Not only the Lord gave him victory, the Lord gave him spiritual encounters, visited him spiritually. The Lord also blessed him financially, materially, but the Lord also blessed him and built a great nation out of him, Right? So he increased in possessions as a result. And the fifth thing is our finances, of course. What the Lord has given us, the strength of our labors, basically. What we receive from from our labors, from our sweat, from our efforts. These things are not ours by right. These are a trust from the Lord. Every person, whether believers or unbelievers, will be accountable for these in the day of judgment. Ability means responsibility. And responsibility means accountability. And we are living in a time, as you see, really, 
It's one of the signs of the end of the age. And the Bible even tells us about it that it, one of the things we will see in the last days, people will become very irresponsible. Covenant breakers, the Bible says. Lovers of money. Lovers of self. Lovers of entertainment, not lovers of God. They will be truce breakers, covenant breakers, and they will not honor the Lord. And it's going to be a sign of the end times where people will just become irresponsible. It's the spirit of lawlessness. What does spirit of lawlessness mean? There's no accountability. Spirit of lawlessness means there's no accountability. And that's what the devil's preaching out there. You can do whatever you want. There's no accountability. There, real, there will be an accountability. Oh, yes, you better believe it. The day, will, will, the day will come when every single person will stand before the Lord. And we will have to give an account for what we have done with those five areas that we were given trust and stewardship over. Number one, of course, we saw our lives. Number two, our time. Number three, number three, our gifts and talents. Number four is our possessions. And number five is our finances. What we do with these things, stewardship is the key. When we have a revelation of the foundational truth of stewardship, it changes the way we look at everything. The church is not trying to get money from you. We don't want your money. I'm not preaching to get your money. Keep your money, please. It's not for me. But when you understand the concept of stewardship, that it's a transaction not between you and a church, not between you and a pastor. It's between you and the Lord himself. It's between you and the Lord Jesus Christ, the, our high priest in heaven, who is seated at the right hand of the Father forever, making intercession on our behalves. And the blood of Jesus speaks of better things to come. Not of judgment, but of mercy, because mercy triumphs over judgment. So he's merciful. He's good. He loves you, and he wants to bless you. And there's so much more that he wants to release in your life. When you have proven that you are trustworthy, then he will increase you. He will increase. So it becomes a test of our trust and our faith. And do we really believe, basically? Do we really believe that God is for us, not against us? Do we really believe that he's a good father? Do we really believe that he's the father of lights? In him there's no darkness, no shadow of turning, that every good and perfect gift that comes from the Father of lights in heaven. He pours out upon us His blessing. He pours the Holy Ghost upon us. He pours His Spirit upon us. He, pours, he has poured His love in our hearts, shed His love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us, that He has saved us, that He has healed us. He has purchased us for Himself. He's called us a holy nation, a royal priesthood, that he, His hand is upon us, that He has appointed us and He has anointed us, and He's given us authority he's given us his own name to use that he said in my name you will go walk in victory cast out devils heal the sick come on somebody i mean when you understand all the amazing things that we have received how can you not just worship him how can you not just say thank you lord you know what you can have it all you can have it all i'm not even gonna argue over the the one penny you know i'm not gonna try to calculate my tithe to the penny you can have it all it's all yours anyways Thank you that I'm even alive. Thank you that I'm saved. Somebody said in the man's night, Friday night, remember? I can't remember one of the brothers. says, Lord, thank you that tonight we're not in some bar, wasted, stone drunk out of our minds, puking our guts out. Thank you, Lord, that we're not stuck. You know, I mean, th thank you, Lord, that we're saved here tonight. We're in your presence. Because of all the things that man could be on a Friday night, we were in the presence of the Lord, rejoicing, worshiping him. That right there is enough for me. 
if, if the Lord did nothing else for me, thank God that he saved me. Because I was on my way to hell. I was blind, stuck in a false religion, bowing to Mecca, worshiping the moon god. Thank God he saved me. I'm so thankful. He can have it all. No arguments on my side. Lord, you can have it all. You can have everything. Thank you, thank you. For what is my life here anyways? It's just nothing but a vapor in the blink of an eye. I'm not living for the now. I'm living for eternity. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.